We are delighted to be joined by the award-winning singer-songwriter and co-founder of the Getty Music Organisation, Kristin Getty. Hello and welcome to Exposit the Word, Kristin. Oh, thanks so much. Great to be here. Oh, thank you. Kristin, I'm pretty sure that everyone listening will know and love you and your work with Keith. But just in case we do have anyone that isn't familiar with you, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, Keith and I were from Belfast, Northern Ireland, but yeah. we've been living in Nashville, Tennessee, um, in America for the last nearly 15 years. Yeah. And we um, modern hymns and um, love singing old ones too and encouraging other people to write them. And we have spent the last few years very much focused on not just writing the songs, but on sharing them and on talking about why singing is important for congregations. And so Getty Music sort of exists to encourage congregational singing through the writing of songs, the leading of songs. And um, that's that's basically the work thing. Yeah. But we are both from Northern Ireland and we have been married 16 years and we have four daughters, if you can believe that. Yeah. And they range from um, the oldest is nine and the youngest is two. So we're busy. You are busy. Yeah, very busy. Well, really interested to find out. When did you actually first become a Christian? When I was little. And that's such a great blessing to yeah. have had that great family prayed with my mum when I was four my dad was a pastor and they planted a church whenever I was eight years old and that was such a big part of growing in the faith and sharing and figuring out how to even sing because I started singing in church so it was just all all tied up together in that and it was a great way to grow up actually and then sort of that real vibrant growing local church environment yeah and so I've always known the Lord grateful for that as I said and um have but within that I've also had the great freedom my parents were great at this at letting me ask questions and really in, investigate what what this was all about and why I believed it and and give me lots of room to do that yeah. and um, so that's sort of part of my journey and it's been great then to have been able to my working life to be so much a part of um, my faith life in such an obvious way. Many of the listeners will be familiar with your uncle John did your uncle yeah. John Lennox used to help you with your maths homework? <laughs> no. His math, although he can understand any math, but the type of math that he does is it has such lofty heights that I, you know, couldn't even glimpse into the world yeah. in which he operates. It's a very abstract form of mathematics that I don't understand. I was dreadful at maths. Yeah. I often think um, any maths ability was all sort of poured into my uncle, and I'm not sure if there was any left for the rest of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. it's been so much. Fun. I mean, it's just such a great thing to um, to watch him, in the, in, both in his professional work, but um, in his own faith and yeah. in, in the work that he's done for the kingdom. And he's inspired Keith and I so much over the years. He actually knew Keith before um, Keith and I knew each other. Oh, right, yeah. Um, his were keen to encourage him, and John was that sort of person that just came alongside so many young people and students over the years and really helped give them confidence in the faith and the ability to defend it and stand firmly in it and so um when my uncle heard me sing as an 18 year old at my dad's church he said you know I need you to meet Keith Getty he's a believer and he's a musician you guys should meet and so he emailed Keith and because Keith respected him so much said well of course okay yeah I'll meet her yeah he actually produced us and we started writing that first day and we've you know wrote lots of different songs and along the way um we got married and John, my Uncle John spoke at our wedding and when he spoke at our wedding he looked at me and Mr. Keith said, I cannot even believe that I am here today. Yeah. 
So yeah. yeah, so he's a great mathematician, a great apologist, but he's also a matchmaker. Yeah. Important people to know. <laughs> that's, that's such a good story. I didn't know that. That's brilliant. So, Christian, when did you first realise that you had an amazing voice? Oh my goodness. Well, you know, I think I realised I wanted to have one before I had any notion that I did. <laughs> yeah. Because my parents took me to this evening um, Sunday night service and a lady got up to the front and started singing and I remember it just it was the first first memory I ever have of singing and its power and what it does and I can remember thinking wow I'd love to do that sing a song about the Lord uh, you know for other people and yeah. with other people the way that this lady had done and so that just started that's just you know, planted a little seed in me and I would just sing away and I would, you know, sing in, in, into a hairbrush because it wasn't just singing. Yeah. Because, I mean, all of us are called to sing as believers, but I was very keen and not just doing that, but also singing into a microphone. And, and so I started, you know, pretending and singing. And then I was about 10 years old, actually, at church. They invited me to do a little solo and it was so bad. I was so nervous. I was trembling and I think I coughed several times. <laughs> and I, I, it took me several years to have confidence to do it again. But it was about 15 or 16. I really yeah. started taking it more seriously. And I've been doing it ever since. Amazing. Have any other girls shown any signs that they've got your talents yet? <laughs> well, what we're really keen on is, is them having such an enthusiasm for singing. You know, yeah. it's such a gift given um, for the enjoyment of it that gives us words to praise and words to pray and words to share our faith it's a great thing to do together as a, as a family mm. and um, it's, it's part of what it means to be a believer and we learn so much of our faith through the songs that we sing and so we're just so keen that they enjoy it and learn the songs you know a few years ago we both were very convicted that we had to be intentional about teaching them and not just yeah. hope they caught them and so we started doing a hymn a month with them yeah. and we did these family hymn sings over the lockdown there for several months and so many of those songs were songs we've been teaching them over the past few years so it was really really great to be able to do that um but so they all seem to enjoy it tally's only two so she yeah. tries her best yeah and liza wants to be she she wants to be a singer she says when she grows up she wants to be a singer and a mum. Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah Brilliant. And it's lovely watching them in their different ways engage with singing. Yeah, absolutely. When you guys first moved to America, you were pastored by Alistair Begg for a season. What was that like? That's, oh, my goodness. I love Alistair. We yeah. just adore him. He is fantastic. And he was so kind to us. And the first year we got married, we um, moved over to Switzerland for the year. And it was during that year we did two tours in America. Mm. And we also were part of several events. And we just kept bumping into him along the way yeah. and he said to us several times that year I know you guys are interested in coming to America and when you do please consider coming and being in Ohio with us we'd love to be your family and friends and your church here and we thought that would be you know fantastic and so we went across for a couple of years and ended up staying like four and a half years yeah. there yeah. you know we loved it so much and we actually just moved on to Nashville just to have a new space um, just to you know for more creative relationships and that's yeah. a real musical hub and we thought it would be helpful for, for us especially as we entered into a new season with um, little children and knew that we couldn't maybe travel just the same ways as we once did and so it's yeah. been a good move miss them so much and we love every time we get to see them and he really championed the hymns earlier on when people didn't really know very much about them yeah uh, so he was just so great that's so good do you guys lead worship in your local church christine yeah we do we go to a church called the village chapel yeah and we've been there for about 10 years now and when we can we do and of course during lockdown what we do now is record songs over our phone by the piano yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, 
our pastor Jim and Kim Thomas that they they founded the church and they have just been such an encouragement and such great friends to us. That's so good. I was going to say, if you didn't, could you imagine the pressure of having you guys sitting in the uh, pews watching? <laughs> I don't know about that. The thing is, though, about being in Nashville, there's so many musicians and great, you yeah. know. Yeah. Singers and songwriters much better than us all around, you know, so actually that helps diffuse some of that craziness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. So how important is singing to God and why do the words we sing matter? Well, I think singing is incredibly important because he asks us to do it over and over and over again through all scripture. Yeah. Um, to sing and praise and to um, extort the Lord, it's um all those are the ex- exhortation to ex- um, to praise the Lord is repeated as I think it's meant to be what the second most often uttered command in the scriptures after yeah. do not um, or if it's the first one and do not be afraid is the second mm. but all that to say that it is extremely important it's all through scriptures through the Psalms this wonderful hymn book that we have and the expressions of God's people praising God all the way through and of course the hope for the future and in, in, in revelation so it's incredibly important but I, I think it's a gift given to all of us it's for each of us um, as every believer no matter how good our voice is yeah. and I think it is just so incredibly powerful what it does in us and through us in that it affects us deeply in how we think and process you know I've been teaching my kids homeschool on and off for the last while with the lockdown and now this new semester and it's just amazing to me how like even when it comes to them learning their alphabet how much quick how how much better it is for the learning process whenever they can sing it Mm. and the same is true for us when we sing something we remember it and we often pray in the language of the songs we sing and we often share our faith with others in the in the songs from the songs that we sing because we remember it so well and so then the challenge is to be singing songs that are filled with the heights and depths and breadths of who the god of the bible is the gospel story the character of god and um, the call on each of our lives what it means to to seek first his kingdom and um, that that helps us so much and i think one of the um it's not just singing as individuals but obviously understanding singing as a congregational activity mm. that it's it's that sort of shared sense of of on the melody and the lyric a shared sense of purpose and focus and allegiance to the lord and support for one another and expression of the unity of of the body and um, that, that our singing becomes such a glue for us yeah and um, that whenever even we struggle to sing, when we hear one another sing, it, it helps us. Yeah. I mentioned at the top when we was introducing you that you're the co-founder of the Getty Music Organisation. Yeah, so the AMC organisation are uh, sort of are built around the, the, actually the focus of the songs that we write, and that yeah. is to find songs and write songs that are filled with biblical truth um, and the richness of who the Lord is. We've talked a little bit about that. Songs that um, are congregational and that there's melodies that can bring us together. They're multi-generational, which is often why we reach for folk songs. You take yeah. a song like Be the Magician, which is hundreds and hundreds of years old, and yet we still sing it. We can sing it a cappella. We sing it with a band. We can sing yeah. it with a choir and an yeah. orchestra. Yeah, still there's something fresh about it and what is it about that song that still seems fresh and relatable there's a timeless quality so we're always you know trying to find melodies and um, that that can do that and lyrics that can do that and then that leans into this last one of trying to find 
um, as, as much art, artistic um, richness and beauty that we can so that there is a longevity to the songs that we write and so the songs that we sing when we're little we are singing all through our life alongside yeah. it, you know, every generation needs its new songs yeah. and we love the modern worship music um, movement but alongside of that um, we want to have um, a core material of old hymns and new that we carry with us through life um, and so Getty Music has uh, sort of exists to do that in their writing um, one of the big parts of it is the sing conference that we do yearly yeah. um, yeah. and that last four years of this this recent year we had to do it online which was wonderful too because it just gives such a a global reach and that sense of um all around the world because we um, it was done digitally and so that's a big feature of of what we do and then of course touring and when we can we can't right now (laughs) um, but write and and, and manage and you know steward those hymns You've recently published a couple of new projects, an audio recording of the ESV Psalms and also a new album. Tell us about both of these, Kristin. Well, actually, one of the little connecting points to that is Crossway provided us with a whisper room, um, which is the soundproof room that was built in the garage so that I could record... um, the ESV Bible, and um, whenever I could, you know, in the schedule, I was yeah. a mum with four young, hard to find the time. And but they were very kind and let us to um, use that same space to record the new Even Song album. So that's how we were able to record this new project during lockdown, which uh, was right. fantastic. And it's it's Even Song hymns and lullabies at the close of day, and um, inspired by that traditional church service of Even Song, a, a, a short service at the end of the day of prayer, of liturgies, of songs, um, of Bible readings that help find us where we are and draw our hearts to the Lord, and so help sanctify the night as we go to sleep. And we thought it was such a wonderful mm. concept um, for a lullaby album, which we were keen to do this year because of singing with our kids these. Um, these last 10 years of yeah. having them um, but also such a needed thing we we think in this particular season when we are um, battling so many new things, strange things, worries, uncertainty in the future um, I know I have and many others have yeah. um, struggled to go to sleep at night and been very burdened by um, various different worries and concerns mm-hmm. and so we hope this, this collection of songs sort of helps bring the comfort um, and peace that only Christ can bring to our hearts but also to uh, to our children yeah, so good. Did reading the Psalms out loud impact you differently than just reading them to yourself? It really did. did you it, know, yeah. and as a writer and as a worship leader, yeah. obviously, you know, the Psalms is that's our that's our main book, you know. Yeah, We're always yeah, yeah. using that for our words and for calls to worship and so I was, you know, very familiar with a lot of the a lot of them. Um but to read them out loud, especially reading many in a row and really um a lot of the key themes rising to the top and really impacting how I thought about them and um, it actually gave me such a it really grew my courage you know yeah, as I was yeah. reading this like, they just sort of exploded in my mind in, in, in fresh ways that really um, fired me up to be honest yeah, you know, and, yeah. and um, was just of a huge encouragement to me I, I absolutely loved it reading them out loud What do you hope that people take away from this recording of the Psalms? <laughs> Well, I hope that the um, you know having something read out loud is a, is a huge encouragement. You know, yeah. we read um, stories out loud to our children, and they love that. Um, but we don't stop loving that even when we get older. There's yeah. something about it being read to us, and um, and I just hope that people are able to you know switch it on their on whatever device, maybe even in the evening before they before they go to sleep, and let the words wash over their minds and hearts. 
What's the temperature of modern worship music today? And do you have concerns that a lot of the popular worship music is linked in with ministries that teach the prosperity gospel? Oh, absolutely. You know, because as we were talking about there, um, what we sing profoundly impacts um, how we understand our faith. Mm. And so if what we are singing is either very shallow um, or incredibly narrow Mm. um, or actually not explicit enough about what the gospel is, um, then our, our, our faith, you know, will will not be as strong as it, as it should be. Um, it's a very weak diet. Um, what we sing needs to be so much more robust. It needs to be healthy. You know, yeah. we consider even the book of the Psalms that we're talking about, you know, over a third of them are laments. And so they um, really do face the rawness of human experience and suffering yeah. and and the importance of of singing it and bringing bringing those emotions to the lord and i think if we only create worship spaces where either people are forced to be constantly happy mm. or we never actually scratch beneath the surface mm. of what it means to be a human living in the 21st century yeah. struggling with so many different issues but reaching for the timeless truth of the gospel then we're not we're not feeding our congregations we're not setting them up and um, for the world in which they face and we're not growing deep believers which we absolutely will need to be in the world that we live you guys have been involved with the writing of so many amazing worship songs what's your favorite to sing one of my favorite hymns to sing is before the throne of god above so it's an older text but the, the melody and it was reshaped by um vicky cook of sovereign grace yeah and um, i don't know how many years ago it is now that can be quite a few and i absolutely i just absolutely adore that that lyric i think yeah. um it is one of the most beautiful, beautifully crafted lyrics. Um, verse 2, when Satan tempts me to despair and tells me of the guilt within, upward I look and see him there. He made an end to all my sin. Because the sinless Savior died, my sinful soul is counted free. For God the just is satisfied to look on him and pardon me. Mm. It's just beautiful poetry yeah. and an even greater understanding and exposition of the gospel and i sing that often you know i've been a christian my whole life yeah and yet you know it doesn't it doesn't matter you know we all wrestle constantly with the sin in our own hearts and frustrations at that and the guilt with and the guilt that we have within even just as a mom on <laughs> any given daily basis you yeah. know yeah. and often that lyric you know do not despair keep looking up keep looking up he died for this he died for this Mm. and and uh, you know and and knowing his grace to be even much more than what I need and for all of life and that's just constantly been encouragement to me and then one of the songs that um that we'd written that um I just first of all I just love to sing it because of whatever which way the melody lands and the notes it feels the most comfortable in my singing voice and that is my worth is not my own yeah and um, whenever you're singing songs you're as a singer you're, you're having to reach for a lot of different notes and um jumping across a lot of different styles and you're helping the congregation sing and so you're compromising a lot yeah. of time but that song yeah. um i just have always i just as always felt like a good spot vocally for me when i'm singing but the lyric i think is so incredibly important and as a mom of four girls and watching even the oldest begin to you know have questions about um, 
you know, who she is and how pretty she is and what she can and cannot do and just all the various battles that we begin to hit with our worth and our identity. And I know that's a battle for all of us, but particularly, you know, for young girls. And this song looks very much at our worth being in Christ, our value being fixed because of the cross Um, and, and, and reaching for that more than sort of the, the, the sort of the cultural view of what of what beauty and value yeah. really is yeah so good so good can you remember where you were the first time that you heard in christ alone and did you have any idea what impact it would go on to have oh my goodness no um you know, keith wrote that with with Stuart Tynan back yeah. in the year 2000 yeah. so it's it's our 2000 2001 so it's 20 years old next year which you yeah. can't believe and I remember I'd, I had just known Keith a year or two and he had this melody and he had it originally to an old lyric and I went into the studio and recorded it for him to make the demo which so it was the old lyric with that melody yeah. that he had written in the back of a uh, Northern Ireland electricity bill <laughs> really and, well. um, yeah. He had that, and then he had a few other songs, and he had them on a on a CD. And he met up with Stuart Tynan, and he just handed it to him and said, "Well, let's see if would love to write. Let's see if one of these melodies might work." Yeah. And the first one was the Incredible Low Melody, and and um, Stuart picked that one out, and he loved it. And that's when they started to build the uh, Incredible Alone song. And and I think you know Stuart had been writing for a number of years. Keith had really only started writing hymns, and he'd been involved in a lot of the types of music. And so it's one of those things. There's a mystery to a song. That yeah. you can't quite figure out why one song does really well and, and does something special you know yeah. and I remember Stuart told us that he had led the song at a conference in England and after he'd finished there was about 100 people that queued up at the stage looking for the sheet music and he thought gosh wow. I must get that on the sheet music yeah. to hand it out to and the same happened I was uh, I think I was visiting a church in Milwaukee and doing a little internship there for a few weeks and one of the first Sundays that I was involved in the worship one of the worship leaders came to me and said hey we're going to start this um, new song this week I just found it online it's called In Christ Alone you might have heard of it because an Irish guy wrote it <laughs> and, and that is so funny. you know that song you saw it very quickly um travel all around the world and you know I've had the great privilege of singing it as you can imagine yeah. so many times but if there was a message that you were to sing oh, yeah. over and over yeah. and is that not just the greatest yeah. and I just have often reflected the great privilege as a singer and um, it has been um, for me to um, be able to sing that song just so often. Christine have you changed your theological position on anything over the years? <laughs> <laughs> My goodness such a great um bible teaching dad and yeah. a real solid background there that um i have just you know lived off of um all, you know all my life one of the things that i have really loved um in the last 15 years of traveling around america is you know you grow up you you grow up in the church that you grew up in yeah. and it could be a particular denomination it's yeah. just where you grew up and what you're most familiar with for me it was like a non-denominational context but I wasn't very familiar with a lot of other churches and how they um that you know believed similar core things to me but yeah. expressed them yeah. in slightly different ways or yeah. had a different sort of makeup of a church service different buildings and what I have loved about the last 15 years is our singing and touring has taken us to so many new denominations and different spaces and yeah. I I've just been so encouraged to just find wonderful believers everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so many places. Yeah. 
and it just expanded my understanding of the church and of church history and of church worship practices and so it has been such a such a, a an encouragement that way yeah so good what type of music or artists are on you and Keith's playlists that you listen to yourself Oh my goodness. I love listening to um, Fernando Ortega. I love hearing hymns. Um, I love listening to some of my friends who sing. I like, I love, um, you know, Ellie Holcomb and Sandra McCracken. And um, I've also enjoyed some of Audrey Assad singing over the years. And I've enjoyed, um, I love listening to, you know, Irish folk singers, um, both modern. I have just a little daughter that's walked in here. Both (laughs) modern and new. and you know, we we try to encourage our kids to listen to lots of t- different types of music. Yeah. So we inevitably up listening to lots of different things. You know, from the sound of music to um, Disney yeah. to whatever is the latest song in the big movie for kids. And yeah. um, that Sing movie that came out a couple of years oh, ago. Yeah, my yeah, goodness, yeah, yeah. My kids were indoctrinated by like I know thirty <laughs> pop songs that we keep saying. I can't believe that they know all these, but some of them are fantastic. You know, they're singing yeah. some old beat classics, and oh, that's great. Yeah. So we love to lots because it really does you know feed our our creativity and um you know help us and you know expand you know musical spaces that we um that we usually use you know it it brings us new influences and new thoughts and ideas and you always have to be doing that always growing always taking in more things what resources have been most helpful to you in helping you grow in your faith um well primarily the bible of course you know that's the, the key place that we start in understanding who God is and understanding the gospel understanding and um, what the what the Christian life looks like and the hope that we have and and so I as I said I, I, you know it was a gift given to me that I didn't even realize because I was always brought up yeah. in the Bible and with Sunday school and Bible studies when I was 18 I went to Cape Henry Bible School for six months and I loved that that's up in Lancaster, Lancashire yeah. and that was a year when I read the whole Bible from start to finish that was part of the course requirement and that just transformed me because yeah. even though growing up and was familiar with so many of the stories I had never read it start to finish yeah. and it just my mind how it held together how the connections the narrative and it, it was just an amazing an amazing thing and then I repeated that over and over again most of my 20s I did the one-year bible and that really was so helpful when I had kids then it was pretty tricky to be yeah. consistent with everything because they just yeah. <laughs> changed everything about life <laughs> um, and I was so grateful for the many years I had before to really you know have drunk deeply in, in the word yeah. and have been able to pull on it so much but then I also some of the greatest resources obviously we have are um are in Christian friends and Christian community and so so you know always grateful to to my husband and um at every at every level in our home life and work life in which we support each other grateful for our local church grateful for christian parents grateful for the youth leaders that poured into me you know all that's so hugely significant you cannot do this on your own you know you're constantly needing um community and i know that this last year has been so tricky for all of us because we have had to battle against that um disconnectedness that we were forced into because of the pandemic and have had to find and reach for a new way yeah. Um, to do that um, it's one of the reasons why actually we find family worship even more significant this year you know because we couldn't go to regular church on a Sunday yeah. and we could watch it online and so our family became like our little church yeah. and 
enjoyed, you know, sing, we've always been singing together um, as a family, teaching like a hymn a month to the girls, but just starting to be even more intentional in the evening, singing, praying together, gathering together. And, and I think I think that's a real positive thing to have this time to be able to grow that in, in, in our homes and um, that sense of family worship. Yeah, definitely. Talking about the whole Bible, what can you tell us about the forthcoming full audio Bible recording releasing next summer? Well, I have to finish it all, and there's a lot still to do. I can tell yeah. you that. Um, and I'm, I'm in the Gospels right now, and we took a little break to come home to Ireland, and we're setting up a little studio in our in our garage over here, yeah. um, similar to the one that we have back in Nashville, um, so that I can continue doing that. Um, so it's it's been great. You know, one of the recent things I did was reading through the book of uh, reading through the book of John, and yeah. you know, from chapter eight onward, just the intensity of the of the dialogue between Christ and His disciples and the people that are listening in and the religious leaders the drama of it is just yeah. incredible and yeah. while I had read you know such a huge chunk of that book in a row but it's you know it's it's hard actually not to read all those chapters <laughs> yeah. in a row. the most sense together so that was one of the most recent little things that I enjoyed and have you done the first chapter of Matthew yet um I haven't <laughs> <laughs> that might that might take a few takes that one Christine right it might and you know what I've discovered actually in recording um because we did and uh, even in this in the Psalms yeah. some of the words the names that I had been saying a particular way my whole life yeah. apparently are correct <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, just, it's not just names that I've never you know really had to pronounce before it's names that I thought I knew that I didn't so um, I've, I've real education <laughs> that's brilliant somebody once gave me some advice they say if you say anything with enough confidence you can get away with it so just remember that when you're going through those <laughs> difficult names Christine. <laughs> yeah that's like America when people are a bit confused I'm sorry it's just the Irish accent <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so last question what projects are you working on now yeah, well, we're getting ready for, well, we're always getting ready for the next Sing Conference. The Sing Global happens next year again, mid-September. So I'm um, getting excited about that. It's going to be um, singing through the ages, a look at hymnody in the past and the present and, and the vision and the future for yeah. the, the singing church. Uh, so I'm just, we're just excited about that. We're just using these next couple of months just to, as creative times you know the, the songs we want to write the the people that we want to you know invite yeah. to speak into this and just all the little things that go into preparing something like that and next year as i said is the 20th year anniversary um of in christ alone yeah. so we're doing um a special album based on called in christ alone an irish american journey that is going to be looking at some of that in christ alone and some of the hymns and um and that will, of course, link in with um, Sing Global, Singing Through the Ages. So the two are big, two big projects in the next 12 months that we're working towards. Um, obviously, the Bible, um, having to finish that recording yeah. and raise and take care of four little girls, which, of yeah. course, is, is the biggest part of my day-to-day life. Yeah. Wow. You guys are busy. We'll, we'll, we'll be praying for you, Christine. It sounds like it's going to be a very exciting year for you guys next year. What is the best way for people to connect with you guys, Christine? Yeah, well, like, you know, we have all the social media and stuff for the personal stories and staying up to date on Instagram, Facebook. Gettymusic.com has um, all the the music, like the the information, but also resources for the songs and sheet music and recordings and various other things. Um, And then if you are... um, and streaming obviously all the all the main digital platforms are streaming the song so even song is there as their newest album so that's just that's just there if you want to go and have a listen 
Excellent. Well, we'll make sure that there's links to all of those um, social media accounts and your streaming um, in the description below. Kristin, thank you so much for your time. I've really enjoyed speaking to you today. Yeah, thank you so much. I loved it. Thanks. Thank you, Kristin.